fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market, laissez-faire, capitalist society, allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Boy, oh boy, what a day. You know, you usually go into a Friday thinking, hey, we can do things a little bit lighter. We can have some fun have a little chuckle, do our thing. And then all the stuff that just came down this week just bombard you right before the program starts. And we have a lot to talk about. Always trying to fit as much of it as we possibly can into a one-hour program. Welcome into The Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. However you watch or listen, we always love you to death and appreciate you very, very much. Big show coming up on the show today. David Parker, he is the author of the new book, A San Francisco Conservative. There's such a thing? What? What? We'll talk with him at the bottom of the hour how he battles behind enemy lines in San Francisco. Man, that's got to be a brutal one there. I've always wanted to go and visit San Francisco, but yet I really don't want to go visit San Francisco. I don't want to download the Poop app, for those that know, because of those that are just uh, doing their business on the side of the streets, and they now have apps to know what streets are clean and what streets to shy away from. I would love to go and visit San Francisco. There's so much history there. It's a beautiful city from what it looks like. I have no interest in doing it right now until they get some things cleaned up. Uh, really, that's most of California, at least in the larger metropolitan areas. So we'll talk with David Parker coming up bottom of the hour. Uh, first off, let's start here. It's, it's hard to decipher where we want to start the program today, but let's start right here because why the heck not? What's trending today? Why the heck not? You guys, I'm starting to get the concept and get the uh, get the idea that many on the other side of the aisle are starting to feel just a little bit foolish. Show of hands, if you're a Democrat listening to the program, and I know you do because I get your hate emails all the time and your angry social media, how, Andy, you're not important. Andy, no one listens to you. Andy, you don't know what you're talking about. So, show of hands, are you starting to feel maybe just a little bit foolish on the whole COVID-19 deal? And I'm not going to spend much time on COVID-19, but obviously with the change in uh, the guidelines from the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the FDA, the NIH, you would think that there might be a bit of a response of, oh, wow, maybe we got taken for fools over the last couple of years with the entire lockdowns, non-essential businesses need to close, you need to sit at home and like bankrupt yourself and wait for a government check, you know, you just need to quarantine for three weeks or two weeks, whatever the hell it was. If you get COVID-19, you have to go out and get your vaccine or else we're all going to die. Uh, all of that rhetoric has now started to die down conveniently just months away before an election when Democrats are sucking right now. And the guidelines have loosened up. According to USA Today, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention today or yesterday relaxed their COVID-19 guidelines, dropping recommendations that Americans who are not up to date on vaccine quarantined uh, that are not up to date on vaccines quarantine themselves if they come into close contact with an infected individual. Hold on a second. And since I read since I did that badly, let me read that again. The CDC yesterday relaxed the COVID-19 guidelines, dropping recommendations that Americans who are not up to date on vaccines have to quarantine themselves if they come into close contact with an infected person. In other words, even if you're non-vaccinated, those evil, terrible, dirty human beings that are non-vaccinated, 
if you come in contact with someone that has COVID-19, you don't have to quarantine any longer. Now, either the virus is no longer a threat, and therefore, even if we get it, it's not that big of a deal, or the politics and the popularity of the COVID-19 restrictions and the overhaul and the mandates aren't popular anymore, so we just need to change the political narrative. According to the nation's top health official agency, they say people who do test positive for the virus but show no symptoms or see symptoms improve quickly also can isolate for shorter periods of time. When did the virus change? I know we've had different variants. I know we've had different, you know, the Omicron and the Delta and then the subvariants of the variants, and it's just kind of branched out. But there is still the regular, basic, normal COVID-19 coronavirus number 19 that's floating around in the air because it is now an airborne virus. Therefore, that virus is never going to go away. That originality of the uh, good old raw COVID-19 number one is still there, which means theoretically... And according to doctors and specialists that study these things that we read and have on this program, say that that stuff doesn't change. So why is the severity of it not as important now as what it was just a year ago, two years ago, for you to have to quarantine for two weeks and you have to get the vaccine or else we're all going to die? Now, even if you don't have the vaccine and you're exposed, now you don't have to do anything. And if you do get it and you have no symptoms or little symptoms, then you only have to quarantine for three days instead of two weeks. What changed? Either the virus changed or the politics changed. So I got to ask you, those on the other side of the aisle and those that are absolutely paranoid about COVID-19 that have wrapped themselves in bubble wrap for the last two years and wear four different masks and spray themselves down with Lysol, I ask you, are you feeling just a little bit foolish that you bought into the massive hype? Now, for those that may be relatively new to this program, I did not get vaccinated. I have no intention to get vaccinated, and I did not quarantine in any way, shape, or form. Now, I work at a radio station, so I isolate myself in a radio studio for the majority of the day, 10 hours a day. So I wasn't too terribly concerned. Mrs. Voice of Reason usually does the public grocery shopping. She did not, however, wear a mask either, and she has lupus. She's one of those with one of those immune systems that gets shot pretty badly. So someone sneezes a mile away and she's more prone to get it than other individuals. She did not wear a mask. Our little voice of reason that's eight years old did not wear a mask. I never wore a mask this entire time because I refused to do so because the math on it in the science was uh, very blatant and very obvious that unless you had an N95, it was a stupid thing to do. And I refused to buy into it. So... Those that are finally starting to be like, oh, can we come out now? Can we come out of the quarantine? You feeling a little foolish? Either the virus changed, which by science does not happen, or the politics changed, and now it's totally okay for you to be exposed, even being unvaccinated, and you still go about your day. The other interesting part is now that we're starting to not have any fear about COVID, and they start to... Uh, okay, well, fine, I guess you can go about your business now because we're not following it anyways. Now, according to Fox News, they have now found polio in the wastewater in New York City. As according to the New York State Department of Health, then the New York City Department of Health and uh, Mental Hygiene, uh, the polio virus has been detected in the wastewater samples of New York City, where they say, according to the doctor, Dr. Mary Bassett, quote, for every one case of paralytic polio identified, hundreds more may be undetected. The detection of polio virus in wastewater samples in New York City is alarming, but not surprising 
Already, the state health department, working with local federal partners, is responding urgently and continuing case investigations and aggressively assessing the spread. They say there is no real defense, but they are concerned about the spread of polio. Um, I guess you need to spread a new virus to scare people since we're not scared of COVID-19 anymore, right? I mean, is that it? I don't know. Very interesting. Very interesting indeed. We will get to a little bit here, the the latest information on the Trump investigation, the raiding by the FBI into the Mar-a-Lago home. There's new news on that one. Apparently 11 boxes of classified information, top secret classified information, was removed from Trump's Trump's home. That's according to the AG's office. That's according to the mainstream media right now. Uh, A lot of it, what they say, is regarding to nuclear weapons in the country. Um... I'm skeptical, and I'll talk about that here in just a second. I don't want to spend most of the time on the show today on that because we've talked so much about it. Aren't you tired of it? Aren't you burnt out on the whole Mar-a-Lago raid? We get it. The Democrats hate Trump. The mainstream media hates Trump. The agencies hate Trump. The people that like Trump continue to defend Trump and love Trump, and there's not going to be any give one way or the other. Uh, obviously, with the amount of support and the amount of donations going into the Trump administration and his campaign. We'll talk about that here. In just a minute, but they are starting to back off on other issues, including the IRS issue, as you know, with this Inflation Reduction Act that's not reducing inflation anyway, she performed, but that's what they say it is. That's a Green New Deal and an expansion of the IRS to try and come after you, the American people, saying that, well, you don't pay enough in your fair share of taxes, and therefore we need essentially your own personal armed militant IRS agent to make sure that you're paying for your <laughs> your fair share and that you're filing your taxes appropriately, the Democrats are now starting to back away from it. Democrat candidates are just not talking about it while they talk about climate change being the largest threat to the United States and focusing specifically on the Green New Deal portion of the Inflation Reduction Act. Other Democrats are trying to rationalize it and trying to downplay it, saying that it's not actually happening. I tell you, going from uh, websites like Newsmax and One American News Network and Fox News, and then going to websites like CNN and MSNBC and CBS and some of these, it is hilarious to watch the difference. You now know why there's a massive division in the country and why we are on totally different wavelengths. I mean, we're talking different dimensions of reality if you want to get into uh, quantum physics here, we're talking completely different dimensional realities of what people think the world works here between how Democrats get their news and how conservatives get their news. It's a very strange. I went on to MSNBC site today just for giggles to see what was on there. And this post came up. Now, it's an opinion article from Steve Bennon, who I guess is one of the producers of the Rachel Maddow show. But. It's fascinating to see what his thoughts are on this whole IRS issue with armed IRS agents where, to us, that's a major threat. That is not a free society. That is not willingly giving up tax money to fund certain programs for the federal government, which is the way the nation was founded to be. Uh, If you please give us some money, then we'll actually be able to fund certain things. We don't live in that society any longer. We live in a society to where the government says, I have to fund X, Y, and Z. You need to pay it up, and if you don't, then we're going to come after you. I mean, that's the way our system works now, and it's a little sad, but that's the way it is. So I want to read you a portion of this MSNBC article because it's hilarious. And they try to throw in... Uh, a piece from Time Magazine explaining it. Where now again, this guy's very biased, but here's the headline: Republicans condemn 87,000 IRS agents who don't and won't exist. 
It's not all about that new congressional debates over tax spending that can be exasper- uh, exasperating. But in theory, they shouldn't be far less division. There should be far less division over uh, whether to enforce existing tax laws. It's law and order at its most basic, according to Steve Bennon. The government needs resources to function on behalf of the citizens. The government creates laws requiring citizens to pay their fair share, and the government then enforces those laws to ensure that the system works effectively. Now, that is not how the system works. That's how Democrats like it to work. That's how Nazis like it to work. It's just the government creates new laws requiring their citizens to pay because they need resources. Now we always pay outside of those resources because we just brought in record tax collections and we still spend above those record tax collections. So he's a little off on here. But here's what he says is the Democrats inflation reduction plan takes shape. Arizona Senator Kristen Sinema fought against the tax hikes and rejected her party's plan to roll back some of the Republicans' effective 2017 package of tax breaks. As they debated, he goes through, the solution was multifaceted, what included a key element where Democrats would invest in the Internal Revenue Service, which would in turn better enforce the tax laws already on the books, generating billions in revenue in the process. Because remember, according to a Democrat, that's the most important part of the entire system is making sure that the government can generate revenue for the programs that they want. What does he say? He says the 87,000 IRS agents actually aren't IRS agents and aren't going to be coming after you. We'll talk about that when we come back here for a Friday episode of The Voice Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here, reminding you, not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com.
bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. 24 minutes past the hour is the time on a Friday. As we wrap up your week, so we have the Democrats that are scared of Donald Trump doing the raid. We have the Democrats now also backing away from their whole IRS thing, saying it's not even happening. Some saying, well, the most important part of the bill is really the climate change issue. We have others that are just openly saying, God, there's not going to be a hiring of 87,000 IRS agents. Not true. It's not happening, according to MSNBC. In this article, (laughs) and I have to read this part because it's hilarious. This is a clip that he took from Time magazine to prove that there are no 87,000 new auditors running around and that we're not hiring 87,000 IRS agents. Here's the clip from Time magazine that he uses in his piece. A Treasury Department report from May of 2021 estimated that investments in line with the spending from the Inflation Reduction Act would enable the agency to hire roughly 87,000 employees by 2023. But most of the hires would not be internal revenue or service agents and wouldn't be new positions. Hold on, wait a second. You're going to hire 87,000 new people, but they're not going to be new positions. Do you have that much of a gap in positions that are not being filled right now? I'm very curious. According to the Treasury Department officials, the funds would cover a wide range of positions, including IT technicians and taxpayer service support staff, as well as experienced auditors who would be largely tasked with cracking down on corporate and high-income tax evaders. (laughs) All right, let's break that down. Now, the guy that's arguing that there are no new 87,000 IRS agents just ran and just copied a clip from Time Magazine that said that there's going to be a hiring of 87,000 employees. Now, not all of them agents, but IT technicians, but taxpayer service support staff. So if you have questions with your taxes and experienced auditors that would crack down on corporate and high-income tax evaders. Now, the high-income and and corporate tax evaders, that's left up to a very gray area, obviously, because we don't know what the range is. They say $400,000 and above. Barack Obama back in the day said that rich were $250,000 and above. Joe Biden had made the comment that it was $100,000 and above. So essentially, it's going to be all the entire middle class that's going to have more experienced auditors that, by the way, are going to be armed and militant that are going to be cracking down on tax evaders. If you pay the kid 100 bucks to go and mow your yard for the week, that's not being taxed. You're going to be audited. You're probably going to be in trouble from the IRS because they need to make sure they're getting their money because, according to these Democrats, the best thing that we can possibly do is generate billions of additional dollars in revenue and force people to pay those in taxes because that's the role of government, according to the Democrats. This is wild how they twist these things and they manipulate and they create and they say, oh, no, 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 we're not hiring new 87,000 positions. There's no new 87,000 positions. We're just hiring 87,000 new employees. Wait, what? Come again? Can you explain that and elaborate a little bit more? According to the article, the last point was particular interest because while lying about the number of auditors, Republicans have also lied about what might be subjected to additional IRS scrutiny. Indeed, both the Treasury Department and IRS itself have explicitly said audit rates won't rise for those earning less than $400,000. Uh-huh. They always put that arbitrary line in there. And even if it's true at the beginning, which it's not, but even if it were true at the very beginning... That's how things start like this, isn't it? You start off with the $400,000. We're not making enough money. 
We need to generate more money because obviously that's their mindset. The government's revenue is the most important number one factor in their life. So we're not making enough. The middle class that has the vast, massive amounts of wealth across the nation in the private sector, that's important to them. They will find a way to get it. So nice arbitrary line. I'm glad you think that that's going to be effective for you. This is how crazy they are. Some are just ignoring it completely. Others are trying to find ways to manipulate, find the loophole, and twist it to where it doesn't sound as bad as what it really is. But that's the way Democrats work. Anything to get that vote, anything to buy off somebody, anything to win them over, even if it's a complete, flat-out, bold-faced lie. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right you are. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out today on a Friday, getting you set for the weekend. Boy, do we have a lot to talk about in such a short amount of time to do it. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation, one radio listener at a time. We are on multiple radio stations all over the place, radio, TV, live streaming, and, of course, our podcast thereafter as well. Always thanks for hanging out. We will get back into the Donald Trump raid from the FBI into Mar-a-Lago here in just a little bit. New information coming out. I still find it kind of wishy-washy and sketchy, but you know what? We'll get your thoughts and see what's going on there. I want to shift gears a little bit, though. Uh, fascinating conversation. Really looking forward to this one for sure. And our latest in what's trending. What's trending today? As we look... Westward. Now, as you know, I'm based out of Wichita, Kansas, for our flagship radio station. I don't have any stations actually out in uh, California right now, in the San Francisco area especially. But boy, we could really ruffle some feathers out there. But I'm really happy to have this guy on the program. Uh, we're going to get along just great. He is uh, the author of a couple of books now, one of them, Income and Wealth, that was published just a couple of years ago. He's been also with the Berkeley Symphony Orchestra and uh, has been part of the San Francisco Fillmore Jazz Festival. His latest book, A San Francisco Conservative. Excited to have on the program here with us, Mr. David Parker. David, how are you, my friend? I'm fine. How are you? I am living the dream. I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, that is such an odd title that we don't hear very often, is a San Francisco conservative, which we'll get into here in just a second. But um, i, I got to ask you, I mean, how does it feel to be behind enemy lines in many aspects? <laughs> well, it stopped me from running for the school board or running <laughs> for the board of supervisors. I don't want to have mud pies thrown in my face. 
there's nobody, uh, not even a moderate in any elected office in San Francisco. Everybody is more left than you, or I mean, than the next guy. Yeah. Uh, it is wild. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure that if even if you mention the word conservatives, those are fighting words for many individuals in San Francisco. I've lost friends, which is very sad for me. Even family members are really mad at me. And I tell them, I'm a San Francisco conservative. You know, in parentheses, not that conservative. Sure. I'm, I'm not socially conservative, and I'm not politically conservative. Nobody should be denied vote for <clears throat> any reason, but fiscally, fiscally, I am conservative. We shouldn't be spending more than we're taking in. And that's my big lesson for progressives. They're advocating spending money to solve problems. That's all they know. And sure. you, can't, you can't solve problems with money. That is very true. I mean, it, when they when they come out with programs and they talk about spending programs here, spending. I mean, look at the federal level with this uh, Inflation Reduction Act, with the Build Back Better plans that they've tried, the Green New Deal. They've tried these different programs. You're right that when we spend outside of our means, it doesn't solve anything. And, and to me personally, government programs, even if they're well intended by some on the ground floor, the well intended programs still don't do anything compared to an individual actually going out and just doing it themselves at the local level in their community. And that, and even more than that, individuals helping other individuals. That is one of my themes. I have been a school teacher, inner city public schools, mm. had four careers simultaneous, it's unbelievable. Uh, inner city public schools and uh, schools that had so much money they didn't know where to what more to spend. Those schools were still the lowest performing schools. It just became so clear to me that money is not the problem. I would walk my students home sometimes and I'd say, all right, let's clean up your room. How can you study in a place like this? Mm. And tell the parents, I want this room clean at all times and they're not to have dinner until they've done an hour of homework. <laughs> that, that's personally one-on-one. -on -one. That went far. That went far. I get stopped today, 20, 30 years later. I'm living in where I teach in the mission in San Francisco. Mr. Parker, Mr. Parker, remember when you told me to clean up my room? Yeah, well, I did. And I'm a successful person today. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> That's how it works, one-on-one. -on -one. That's one of my messages. Not spending money just blindly walking away from the problem afterwards. Sure. That's amazing. I mean, that is amazing. You're right. You're, you're leaving a legacy for the next generation who didn't get that. Now, uh, my next question after hearing that is, what do you think the problem is here outside of the spending issue? I mean, is there just a lack of uh, uh, parents and parental guidance? Is there a lack of rules that many of these kids saw to where the fact that you had to go to a, a kid's home and tell them to clean their room and tell their parents that they can't eat dinner or do anything until they clean their room and do their homework? I mean, was there just a lack of enforcement? What's the deal here? Well, that's not all students. But if you come from a low social background, not low economic background, mm. low social background. That means your parents are not talking to you very much. They're not asking you questions. What's in the refrigerator? What's that? That's right. Those are eggs. They're not doing that, and they're not reading to their children, mm. asking them questions about what they're reading. So the kids are, are, uh, are not stimulated, and that's a very dangerous thing. And I don't know how you can how government can compensate for that. 
all learning takes place between the ages of zero and three. And if you missed it, you might not be able to make it. Because mm. those kids come into elementary school with a 2,500 to 4,500-word deficit. Kindergarten, increasing all the way through 12th grade. They can't make it. Wow. Nobody talks that, but all teachers know it. They never say it. They never say it, but they recognize that. Do you see the disparity in, uh, where? I guess the question is, where do you see the most disparity? Is it in where the funds go, maybe with the, some of the bigger um, school districts because of the administrative state, because of them trying to hoard, like you said, the money, but not actually put it into the classroom? Or is it in just the quality of teaching with someone like yourself who actually cares about the student going that extra mile compared to maybe teachers that don't do that? No. The money is not... Uh, being hoarded, it's being spent, is almost diminished marginal utility of the funds, if you want an honest answer. They can't spend more. There's so much cultural enrichment. They're taking the kids to field trips. And what at the expense of core curriculum, the day is filled up with all this extra curriculum, and the teachers in the lower schools, low-income schools, they're actually fine. In San Francisco, desirable place to live, and they and they have a very good teaching staff. It's not the teachers. Sure. You come, those kids, like I said, are not prepared, and they can't keep up, and uh, they need one-on-one instruction. That would be good use of the funds. I taught in a very low, very poor neighborhood, but that school had everything you could ask for, a library and a librarian, and that, that wasn't the, money doesn't solve the problem. I learned that very early. Yeah. I'll give you a nice story. You know, I'm a jazz musician. So one of the cats in my band told me he was in a Brooklyn barbershop. And one person said, you know, they got to spend more money on education. they got to spend more money for this and that. Help, help the, the less fortunate. And one guy stood up in the barbershop and said, if you can solve problems by spending money, you don't have a problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so that means everybody knows, or more people know, then you would think that you can't solve problems with money. They're personal. Sure. Uh, you're absolutely right. We're talking with David Parker, author of the book of San Francisco Conservative. You can find uh, his information and his books at uh, davidparkeressays.com. Find his website there uh, with that book plus income and wealth. This economics issue goes beyond the education level as well, obviously, and goes into just the social programs that we see with social programs and the handouts for communities, which obviously is needed to help people up. But like you said, when we're not actually going to the humanitarian level to really help people in the community, are, is, is that what you're seeing as well on the streets and just in general yeah. in San Francisco and the state of California? In the nation and in the world. That's, that's a very true what you just said. It's not the money, again. It's the money, or the money is there. It's yeah. not being, it's, uh, once it's voters, that politicians run, say, vote for me and I'll spend more money. And they do. And then that's it. It gets spent and no one's following up on it on a personal level. It's just, it's just, Wasted. I would, and I'll give you the best examples of war on poverty. 1964. We're fighting a war in Vietnam with a huge budget deficit. Every time there's a war, there's a budget deficit. Lyndon Johnson says, I don't care about that deficit. It's unconscionable that a nation as wealthy as the U.S. tolerates a 15% poverty rate. Yeah. I'm declaring hereby un- uh, unconscionable, uh, what's it called? A war on poverty. 
we're going to wipe it out once and for all. <laughs> they spent trillions and trillions, and now we're about $23 trillion in debt just for the war on poverty. We spent more than all wars combined the nation has ever fought, and the needle has not budged. It's 15% there, then, and 15% today, on average. Today it's a little lower because the economy is doing so well, everybody's working. But on average, that has not moved. A complete waste of money. Proof positive. Proof positive. And the money for, educa- and money for education was also part of that war on poverty. Educate, uh, Elementary Secondary Education Act. Test scores immediately plummeted with the infusion of money. They dropped, and they have not come back. You, you can go on the search engine. U.S. Department of Education, right there. 36% of public school students can read and write. Yeah. And do math. Yeah, and it's a complete, a complete failure, and everybody knows it. Amen to that. And you've talked about it, and uh, you're right. I mean, the more money we throw at it, it doesn't get any better, which really begs the question for me from the political sense is what's the agenda when we throw the money at it just to feel good or have – you know, kind of an intent thereafter as well. We're out of time, my friend. It is a San Francisco conservative. The book, go check it out, <laughs> davidparkeressays.com. David, it's great to have you on the show, my friend. I love this. we got to get you back on and talk some more about this later on. Okay, my book is full of interesting stuff. I love it. Okay. Got lots of great information, David. I appreciate that very much. We'll take a break here. Got a hard break. When we come back, we'll wrap up the program today for a Friday. Get you set for the weekend. Lots to get to in a short amount of time. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here, reminding you, not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com.
fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into it. Last couple of minutes before we wrap up the program today for a Friday. Thanks again to David Parker coming on the program. Interesting conversation, and he's absolutely right. I'm telling you, there is a mass awakening right now on many different levels, and it's great. Just think about it. In the swamp of San Francisco, a beautiful city, but a crazy place to even be around. And again, I'm not going to go there anytime soon until they start cleaning up their act. But again, beautiful city. And obviously we have some listeners there. So we appreciate you guys and keep up the fight. But how you do it behind enemy lines. But the fact that people are doing, uh, there's a mass awakening right now realizing, hey, wait a second. Government is not the answer. Government is not going to solve anything. Throwing money at the problem is not going to be the solution in any way, shape, or form. It's got to be done with you and I, the community level, the you and I walking out and helping someone in need, the you and I creating an opportunity at the local level, hiring individuals with your business, trying to help somebody out to get them back on their feet. Whatever it is, the humanity's gone because we just expect government to do it. We do not have a mass shooter crisis in this nation. We have a crisis of people not educating their children, being parents to their children, trying to spot mental illness when there is some type of issue. There's not a gun problem in this country. There are crazy people that are uninhibited and unrestricted doing stupid things because no one told them otherwise in this country, if that makes sense. But I'm telling you, there's an awakening. Wait a second. We've tried this for so long now. Uh, I mean, how long since the 1940s and 50s since FDR when we started all these agencies and departments where all of a sudden that was going to solve the issues and we still have the loonies on the other side saying, oh, there's a problem, government, do something. When we realize the government doesn't solve anything, it harms everything. And people are beginning to realize that. At the same time, the agenda with the big government, which really is the political sense of what's the intent, if we know the program's not working, if the numbers are evident, if the black and white's there showing that the problem doesn't go away no matter how much money you throw at it, then what's the real agenda here? Kind of like what's the real agenda behind everything else that's gone on this week. It's kind of a recap of the week here for the last uh, couple minutes. What's trending today? We still have new news coming out from the Mar-a-Lago invasion of the FBI on uh, onto Trump's Mar-a-Lago home right now, which, uh, according to the latest that we're seeing, I'm trying to find the right, hold on, where was the, uh, where is the head, oh, here it is, Wall Street Journal. According to the Wall Street Journal just a little bit ago, FBI recovery uh, recovered 11 sets of classified documents in the Trump search where they say some of it had to do with nuclear weapons in the nation. Now, you can take that a couple of ways. You could take it at face value. Oh, they covered 11 sets of classified information, in which case the Democrats will say, well, you're unqualified to run for president or to be in office ever again because we found classified documents where you weren't allowed to take with you, and therefore, boom, it's done, it's over, end of story, which is what they're trying to do. Donald Trump, on the other hand, said, you know what, go ahead and release the search warrant that you had. Go ahead and release the documents that you found. I don't care because I have nothing to hide, which shows that he's got nothing to hide. Now, they say there's 11 sets of classified documents, 11 boxes of classified documents. I find personally a very difficult time believing that because just months ago, in the last year working with the National Archives and the Trump family and them going out there and going through things, finding what they needed to take, what they don't need to take, what's going on, they've already taken boxes out and they were still in conversations with them about what to keep and what not to keep 
and what to take back to the White House and the National Archives. They were there, and you're telling me that over the last year of going through these documents, they didn't take the boxes that had information about nuclear weapons that could be a threat to humanity that the president shouldn't have that they say was labeled as top secret. You're telling me they left that stuff there for a year and a half later for them to do an FBI invasion and raid on the home to go and steal it, to break into their locks, break into their safes, and and go through their boxes. You're telling me that's what happened. Put on the tinfoil hat, man, but I'm a skeptic on what's going on here. Now, this could be modified as well, saying that they were classified documents before Donald Trump unclassified them, because being president, you're able to unclassify documents. So they may have been classified before, but not now. But the media is going to say that they're classified documents because they were classified at one point. I don't know. We don't have all the information. What I do know is it's a bunch of hooey and Donald Trump's support continues to grow. Donald Trump's fundraising continues to grow massively. People begin to distrust our uh, agencies even more than what was there before. And I think that's a telltale sign of what's going to happen as Donald Trump continues to get berated from the left side of the aisle. We'll see what happens throughout the weekend and early next week. Until then, we're back at it on Monday. Make sure to check out the podcast. That'll be uploaded here shortly. Be your own voice of reason. Create a better life for your community all by yourself without a government agency. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality hear entertainment shows and of course yours truly with the voice of reason plus we offer numerous media services including helping you set up your own podcast become your own voice of reason and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic for information on all of our shows links to podcasts each show website or social media link or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment visit our website at hoosiermedia.com again that's hoosiermedia.com the future of media